name is Jesse Garcia. I'm from Narcos, Mexico. I'm uh, here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Jesse, welcome to the cave. How are you? What's new with you? Uh, uh, all kinds of new stuff. Just finished having lunch, drinking a coffee, walking down the streets of Venice. There you go, there you go. So you've been busy uh, the last few years, uh, various TV show and film appearances. Uh, I mean, the list is long. you got NBC, Chicago PD, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Sons of Anarchy, Terminator... And now you recently just started on Netflix, Narcos Mexico. We'll talk about that. I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? I'm uh, I'm from Rollins, Wyoming. Oh, wow. how was it? How was Rollins, it growing up Rollins, there? I grew up in Rollins, uh, Rollins and Hannah. Like, uh, Hannah is uh, about at the time when I was living there, growing up, up until about high school. Um, it's about 800 people. It's a coal mining town in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, South Central Wyoming. And then I went to high school in a town about 45 minutes away called Rollins, and it's, uh, it's about 7,000 people. So I grew up in two two very small towns. Oh, wow. How was it growing up in a small town like that? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I always feel like I, I, my soul, my previous life or whatever you want to call it, I was a city boy. So I always, even from very, very young, I would show my mom pictures of the city and say, I, I need to live in the city. And she would say, like, why? I go, there's people there. There's things to do. I, I, need, I need more. And I would say these things as a young, young, young kid. So, um, I mean, it was fine. It was great. You know, uh, it made me who I am. Gave me the foundation. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a city guy. <clears throat> so, uh, like, so growing up having there. Said, having, said, having said that, I love the country and I want to find property in the country in the mountains somewhere. Where I can get away from the city. <laughs> that was my next question. Like, like you probably need just to, just to break away from everything for a few days, right? Oh, man, yeah. I have a place in Austin, Texas. It's, you know, it's just kind of like the perfect place for me. <laughs> I get away and, you know, do my self-tapes when I'm out of town and come back when I need to. Yeah. So, okay, so growing up there, like, uh, you know, as a kid, what were you into? went and played outside yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would go outside we would ride our bikes we would um ride motorcycles we would you know go go chasing gophers i lived in the country man like we did we did everything we could got in trouble you know fight that's right that's right so so like growing up like did you know that you wanted to get into the acting world yeah acting wasn't even close to being on my radar um uh i grew up in a small town and a town like that in Wyoming, there's, you know, the, the, the dream of kind of being an actor, being someone um, in film or something like that, it just really, it's just not on really anybody's radar. You're blue collar, you know, you, I, I was probably going to follow my parents' footsteps and do construction or, or something like that, you know? Yeah. But one of, my, one of my friends in college, this girl that I had a class with, her name is Jennifer Jurassic. 
who I'm very grateful for. Uh, she, the short story is, is she convinced me to move from Nebraska, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, where I had a cheerleading scholarship, to move to Atlanta, Georgia, to study acting with her and this guy named Justin Vaughn, who had his studio called What What Film. And I went and learned how to, you know, gave me some some sort of foundation for acting, writing, directing, producing. Um, and that's kind of how that happened. So it was like, it was never, never on my radar. It was, wow. I, I was going to be a personal trainer. It was, <clears throat> I was doing things I kind of liked, but nothing, nothing that uh, I thought was going to be real. Yeah. So when you, when you told your parents that, that that's the path you wanted to right? take, when you told your parents that was the path you wanted to take in acting, how did that go? So I guess it's part of the story. I may as well tell it. So my friend, Jennifer, I saw her on campus one day, and we were talking about what we wanted to do with our lives, and she said, she said, oh, I want to be an actor, I want to be a model. I'm like, oh, man, that sounds fun. And she goes, I'm going to this actor-model search in Chicago. We were both living in Lincoln, going to school. I'm going to go to this actor-model search thing in Chicago, and, um, and see how that goes. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I go, let me know how it goes. So she came, she, she went and came, and and a couple of weeks later, I saw her on campus again. And I go, how'd it go? She goes, well, I met this guy named Justin. And he invited me to move to Atlanta to study acting at his studio. I go, wow, that's cool. Congrats. Are you going to do it? She goes, yeah. And then she goes, you know what? You should come with me. I go, what? She goes, yeah, you should come with me. I go, nah, I don't, I don't think so. Because one, I had a, I had a full ride cheerleading scholarship, basically. I was, my life was super easy. Two, I didn't really know her all that well. And like three, I didn't really know her all that well. So like, I'm just going to do some like yeah. a random move to, to Atlanta, Georgia to study acting with her. But at the end of the school year, um, we were talking again and she goes, I've been talking to him about you. He wants, he wants, you know, he's interested. Kind of, there was a you know, Latino kid, um, funny, blah, blah, blah. She goes, just call him. So I called him, and we talked for about 45 minutes, and I decided within that 45-minute phone call that I'm going to move to Atlanta, Georgia to study acting with her. And that same day, I packed up everything that wasn't a necessity, like mountain bike, TV, VCR, nothing that I couldn't fit in the trunk of a car. And I drove back to Wyoming. This is the answer to your question. I drove back to Wyoming, get there at like 3 in the morning, and my parents see me start to bring stuff in. They go, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, school's out, you know, come back home for a little bit. And then they start talking about wanting to move to Colorado for work and this and that. And I go, well, speaking of moving, I'm going to move to Atlanta, Georgia to study acting. And my parents go, wow, that's interesting. Um, and I, they go, yeah. And they go, okay, well, if you need any help, let us know. Which was kind of a shock to me. Because my mom freaked out that I wanted to move to Lincoln, Nebraska, which is only eight hours away. So I stayed in Wyoming for about a week or so. My nephew was just born, hung out with everybody, and then hopped in the car, went and picked up Jennifer the next day, drove straight through to Atlanta, and started acting classes that week. Wow. Which was Memorial Day weekend 2000. Jeez. That's great. So, uh, so in '03, you moved to LA, right, to further your career out? Yeah, December, December of '03. 
How did so? Uh, what was that when you went there? Uh, you started auditioning and everything. What was your first gig? Do you remember? I think I actually did a short film that this non-denominational church funded, I think. Uh, what's it called? Unseen? Unseen or something like that? It's online. It's on, it's on IMDb. Mm. Um, but because of all the, all the work that I did in Atlanta, I met uh, Jason Wood, who's a casting director. He started out in Atlanta. He, I just went to a workshop, met him. And when I moved here to L.A., I was going through, like, the second I landed in L.A., I was online uh, trying to figure out castings and, and where people were submitting, and I started submitting the stuff, and I saw that Jason was casting this movie called Quinceanera, and this was uh, at the end of 2004. So I, between 2003 and 2004, that whole year, I started working as a personal trainer. I was doing auditions here and there, trying to figure out what my path was, uh, being super super broke <laughs> um and then i i saw that he was casting for this and i emailed him and said hey man this is i see you're casting this if you haven't cast the lead i would love to come in and read and i'm thinking why not why not shoot for the lead yeah so i went in and read i went in and read for it and he goes you're great come back friday or whatever it was and we'll have you meet the directors excuse me folks uh, and i have you meet the directors and I went in and they go, you're, you're really great. And later on that afternoon, they gave me a call and told me that, um, that I had booked a job. Wow. So that was like your first big thing. But I, I did read online, you did some commercials also. Like, So do you enjoy doing the commercials too? Commercials are money, man. Yeah. Commercials, like, they're, they're, some of them are pretty creative and fun. But obviously, they're just a payday. Um, not to say that I wouldn't do some. I would love to do some bigger campaigns. Yeah. But, uh, but they're you know, they're they are what they are. They're they're meant to, um, advertise and make money for whoever's trying to sell something. Yeah. So, you know, you do your best job of putting a smiley face on and trying to sell whatever they want to sell. Mm -hmm. The movies and TV is kind of where I'm at. I want to. Yeah. I want to yeah. direct, do some, do some more stuff of that. Of that. Yeah. So. Now I mentioned like earlier, you know, you recently started Netflix's Narcos Mexico. For the listeners, real quick, can you uh, tell them what the show's about? Uh, well, Narcos, well, the season two that I'm in, yeah, follows. Um, I'm I'm part of a team. I, I call them Chotas, which is like Spanish slang for for cops, and we are in. Um, we're searching for whoever killed Kiki Camarena, um, whoever assassinated and tortured him, because we know somebody in Mexico did it. We have some suspicions, so we're um, out for justice for for Kiki. Mm -hmm. And throughout the journey of the season, we start unraveling this ball of yarn with a bunch of loose ends and start kind of like getting ourselves into a little bit of a trouble. Um, but it's kind of that. It's kind of like following that. Our, um, and the show itself is about the 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 growth and the the root of the cocaine trade from that went through Mexico into the states and etc. Yeah. Now you play Sal or Rosso. How do you like? Uh, tell us about your audition when you went in there for that. Um, I'd 
auditioned for the show a few times already, a handful of times. And um, it was, you know, they use sides, which are the themes. It's called sides. They use the sides from a previous season because it's super secretive about the show. Nothing, they had to sign all kinds of NDA agreements, blah, 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 blah. Um, I went in, read the scene a handful of times, and I didn't think I got it. I thought I, thought I kind of bombed it. Um, and the producers, they go, no, nah, we thought it was great. So you never really know. Yeah. You never really know when you go into an audition that if you think you did great and you don't get it or if you think you bombed it and for some reason you do get it. There's so many factors in what it takes to what it goes and when you get the job that you never really know. Yeah. So that was a big surprise to me. Very One of my funnest shows that I've ever worked on. It was a, an amazing experience being down in Mexico for eight months. Mm. So how would you describe Sal? your role that you play well I think he kind of he's a longtime partner and friend of uh, Walt Breslin played by Stuart he um, he treads the really kind of thin line of doing what he has to do to get shit done and staying within the law <laughs> hmm. especially being in Mexico they kind of team up with a bunch of people uh, to you know, to get that, to get that done. So he's a, you know, he's a, he can be a bit of a wild card, but he kind of helps keep Walton check and making sure that we're not going too far over the edge. How did you, so when you got the role, like how did you prepare for the role? Like what kind of re- research did you do? Um, I watched a bunch of National Geographic documentaries um, on the behavior of, of animals within, I went super weird with it. Within, within, um, uh, in, in the wilderness, I watched how the hyenas and the lions they interacted with each other. How there was a certain balance that needed to be maintained for everyone to survive, and some people don't, some people do. Um, and I kind of based off of that. And then I shaved my my chin hair, so I only have a mustache. <laughs> so yeah. super weird. Yeah. So, what do you think was the biggest challenge uh, portraying Sal? Um, nothing. I had fun. Yeah. It was super fun. Um, uh, it's it, like it went down there and had a good time. Make sure everybody was, um, you know, got a little bit of shine. Everybody, because it's such a huge team. Yeah. That we, you know, it was for, for everyone to get coverage and everyone to get a little bit of love. You know, we all looked out for each other. So, I, I mean, honestly, for me, the, the biggest challenge was is, like not getting fat because <laughs> the food, the food down there is so inexpensive and so good that you know it's easy to put on weight. Yeah. Now, you, were you there for eight straight months, or did they have a break and come back? We had a little break. We had they had the writers took like a week or two sometimes between uh, episodes, so we would shoot two episodes at a time generally, and then we take a little bit of break. We shot one episode before Christmas and New Year. Had about a month break because it was a uh, it would have been two weeks, but there was a gas shortage, a quote-unquote gas shortage, which I think is, uh, you know, not just a gas shortage, just so much politics in Mexico. Yeah. Well, uh, and then we were there for... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying that we took breaks every now and then, but throughout, we were there off and on for about eight months. Yeah. Now, when you were playing the character of Sally, what was your favorite scene 
that you were in? Um, I guess it's okay to say spoilers by now. Um, uh, man, if I can remember it, whatever we, you know what? Honestly, it was just working with everybody. We, there was seven of us. We were such a fun, rowdy bunch. I would bring my speaker to set. I would play music between scenes, between setups, um, and we were just we were just a lot of a lot of fun. You know, we were focused when it came time to doing it. Yeah. Once they called sound and 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 rolling, we were you know we were focused. But we had so much fun. Like there's a lot of the stuff that we, a lot of the kidnappings that we that we did. There's a big airport scene toward the toward the end that was a lot of fun. I was super sick that whole that whole shoe for the airport. I was super super sick. Flu, kind of cold, um, and you know night shoots and cold weather. It was just it was a it was brutal for me, but it was so much fun. It's so fun. We had a really great time. Hmm. Um, I'll have to watch this. I'll have to watch the series and, and give you a re- an go, update. Go back and watch it. Yeah. Your favorite. Have you seen it? I'm I'm not done with it yet. I'm not done with it yet. We're almost there, but I'm not done with it yet. So don't, yeah, don't 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 complete. There you go. Don't completely spoil it on me. Ah, no, there's nothing to spoil. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about auditioning and stuff like that. What do you what do you enjoy more in your career, self taping or auditioning in front of directors? I mean, it's different. They're both different animals. It's the for me to be able to go into the room and actually get real-time feedback from somebody and they see what I look like in real life and, you know, and I can I can kind of have a conversation with somebody they can see what I'm like, um, that's different. But the self-tapes at the same time, I really enjoy doing self-tapes because I can control the environment. I I like to kind of make them little short films if I can. I color correct them. I make sure the sound is right. Um, so I'm, in, I'm kind of, I like being in control of that. But, you know, each one's different. If mm. it's a comedy and I want to go in there and, you know, do my best and try to charm people, it's, 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 it is what it is. Yeah. I, I love self-tapes. I love self-tapes, but I don't mind going in at all. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what's some advice that you give out to people that, you know, after you talk to them for a while, you know, they, they want to get into the acting world? What do you tell them? Uh, my advice generally would be start writing. Figure out, because no one's going to hand you a career. These days, it's such their, it's, uh, it's, nobody really knows what they're looking for like diversity is a huge thing so if that you have that going for you that's big just start writing just start writing and producing your own stuff um i learned that very early on that i started producing my own material started being part of projects and had a little bit more say if you start producing and writing your own stuff on a consistent basis you will have you will give people no choice but to pay attention to you they can't ignore you um, uh, Steve Martin says, "Be so good they can't ignore you." So it's kind of like that, making sure that you have material out there, making sure that you're doing stuff on a regular basis. Um, uh, and then it's one of my favorite stories. One of a lot of my favorite actors are people who have, you know, paved their own way. Yeah. Britt Marling is one of my favorites because she. I just wrote. I just read an essay that she did. I think it was in New York Times. I don't remember. You can find it on her Instagram. Uh, how she couldn't get a proper audition to save her life, and she would be auditioning for these, you know, these really kind of shitty roles. And then until she co-wrote this movie called Another Earth with her partner Zal, that they, 
and that went to Sundance, and she started doing stuff like that. Like, to me, that's super inspiring. Um, that's how you do it, because because now she's producing and writing her own so- stories that are super unique and super that have a voice of her own and voice of hers and her partners. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, I say start writing, start producing, directing your own your own material, um, because no one's gonna know who you are uh, better than you, really. Hmm. So, after all these years in the acting world, like, do you have, like, a dream role that you want to play someday? Or you hope to get? Um, well, I, I'm probably going to end up writing it. I, I keep, uh, you know, I keep hoping for, like, another quinceanera role where it kind of gets me back on the map in the indie world and some, getting doing some movies. But I think I'm going to end up writing it. It's kind of, I, I like dark humor. Yeah. I like being weird. Uh, I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a stranger dude, but I have particular taste, and I, you know, my friends all think I'm a weirdo. Um, um, uh, yeah, I want to do some really dark stuff. I want to do some comedies. My buddy and I, uh, Alberto Zeni, who plays, uh, what's, um, Amat on Narcos Mexico. Him and I are writing and developing a series now, um, and my couple other friends and I are writing a couple series, and I got a movie that script is already done that I'd like to direct this year if we can get the money so you know my my next I guess one of my next dream roles is directing yeah that's great um, so is that I like still want, I'll definitely still continue to act and have that pay the bills but directing is definitely on the on the horizon do you want to see yourself directing more than acting or you still want to like do both about evenly I I mean there will still always I think there still always be a part of me that wants to continue to act and kind of uh, explore that so I would never I don't know that I'd ever give up acting yeah. I, I would like to produce and direct my own stuff or be part of projects where you know I don't have to conform to anybody's ideal body image or um, you know cookie cutter mm. anything that I could just go and do me the stuff that I wanted to do you know what I mean mm. so that's kind of the beauty of producing and doing your own stuff that you put some stuff out there and let people see that you're, you're capable of other things or sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's just kind of like, you know, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of everything. So you mentioned TVs and movies. Like, what are some of, like, TVs and movies that you enjoy watching these days? Uh, Britt Marling, uh, The OA was amazing. I'm watching The, Out, the Outsider. Is that the one on HBO? Yes. Um, yeah, Outsider's really great. Um... Uh, oh man, you put me on the spot. I don't have anything in front of me. The, <laughs> there's that one with the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda that's on HBO as well. The dark, dark places, dark something. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Uh, I like, I like interesting and different and weird. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, brilliant. That's Lee really Bag, good. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to do versions of those shows where it shows diversity on the other side of it. You know, you know what I mean. I want to be able to, because while those shows are very wonderful, they're, they they show one side of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to show different sides of it. Mm. Now, um, is there any other upcoming projects that you could tell the listeners about? Well, uh, my my movie Collisions is we're still looking for um, uh, we're still looking for distribution. It's a movie I produced and was an actor in. Um, just, and yeah, and I have a couple of other other projects that I'm writing and developing with some friends that hopefully we'll get going this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, any, if anyone who has money out there wants to 
wants to make some movies and TV, he can hit me up. Uh, lastly, is there a quote that you live by? Um, probably. But I can't think of them right now. Um, <laughs> do, uh, do, do your own shit. There you go. Produce your own shit. There you go. There you Produce go. Your own shit. Uh, <laughs> get up early. <laughs> <laughs> grind, grind away, right? Yeah. Don't eat shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I could probably get back to you with something. Like that. I'll, I'll think of something as soon as I get in the car. There you go. Uh, how can the listeners uh, find you on social media? I am on uh, at, at Jesse Jesse John Garcia on Instagram. Jesse Jesse is uh, J E S S E. Jesse to the G on it on Twitter. Jesse the number two the G, and that's about it. I mean, I have a Facebook page, but I very rarely check it. <laughs> Jesse, this was fun. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, my pleasure, man. If you have any more questions, feel free to call me back. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.